from the boardroom to the shop floor. Good business runs on good governance. Join esteemed expert in governance, Dr. Nimrod Mbele, for the next hour as he takes us beyond governance, making sense of doing business in South Africa. This is Beyond Governance with Dr. Nimrod Mbele on 101.9 High FM. A very good evening to all and welcome to tonight's installment of Beyond Governance. My name is Nimrod Mbele. Uh, I'm happy to be sharing this space uh, and time with you. Um, and as we continue to debunk uh, issues of national importance, uh, tonight is definitely not an exception as we will be looking into the PIC Judicial of, of, uh, you know, Commission of Inquiry into the allegations of impropriety regarding the PIC. We'll also have a, a, a quick reflection on uh, the conundrum between the public protector and Pravin Godan uh, on the rogue unit. Um, the, 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 this particular issue has a serious ramification for the president. Uh, but anyway, before we get to the swing of things, let me take this opportunity to you know, um, you know, pay, hom- pay homage to Kathy Kayla uh, and, and thank you for gracing the airwaves. Simon Estin, Mandy, Lindywe, as well as Zanati. As always, I'm not flying solo with uh, Tabo, uh, who's a producer of the show, and I want to also thank him in advance. Uh, if you missed our, you know, conversation uh, uh, or show last week, uh, you know the drill. Could quickly just go through the website and download the podcast. And, and let us know what your thoughts are. Uh, and of course, our SMS line is 34519. And uh, the WhatsApp number, which I would encourage you to, you know, post your thoughts is 061-895-1019. And I'm also available on my emails. Uh, do drop me those emails. My, um, my email address is nimrod at chai.co.za. And now that we're done with the formalities, uh, let me take this opportunity to welcome my studio guest. Uh, one, we've got uh, Justice Dabo, who is Executive Director and uh, of, for Finance and Strategy at Knowledge Angus Group. Uh, later on, we'll be joined by Eric Stillman, uh, CEO of uh, London Business School SA and Nathcloth. And of course, we've got Onati Mtunenti. Um, Mtunenti, I'm going to pronounce as well, uh, who is an ethic officer. Um, Colleagues, good evening and welcome to Beyond Governance. Good evening, Doc. Good evening. Good evening, Doc. Thank you very much. Um, perhaps maybe let's, you know, just try to paint a picture um, uh, um, around the Commission of Inquiry, you know, into the impropriety regarding the public uh, investment corporation that is currently underway. Uh, it's, you know, uh, we know that everybody has been waiting to hear the kind of testimony um, that will be, you know, given by the former PIC CEO, Dr. Delma Chila. And, and, and the reason why PIC is such a very important topic um, for the country is the fact that the PIC uh, manage, as, as the largest asset manager, uh, are responsible for almost 2 trillion rands. Uh, with, um, and, 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 and obviously the bulk of that uh, investments or resources uh, of about 1.2 South Africans who happens to be government employees. So it's a serious uh, uh, investment firm that is wholly owned by the by, by, by government and represented by the minister. So it is it is very important um, that issues of of corruption, maladministration, or any other issue that you know we have seen uh, coming through uh, the the commission of inquiries were. Are looked into very deeply because 
uh, the role of the PIC is to make investments that yield returns not only for the pension fund uh, holders but also to try and drive the economy. So, so it, it, it is in that light that a focus on, on PIC is quite important. Um, but perhaps maybe before we get to the PIC saga, let me just quickly go back, as I indicated earlier, uh, that we'll have a, a quick reflection on the conundrum between the, the public protector as well as uh, 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 Pravin Godan, as, as it were. Uh, let me perhaps maybe take this opportunity to you know, give justice a, a view uh, as to what are the implications of this quiet conundrum for the president, because ultimately um, this matter has to be resolved by him by way of uh, you know uh, uh, conceding or applying his mind on some of the recommendations put forward by the public protector. Mm. Look, I, I think, uh, good evening, Doc, how are you? Uh, and to the other colleagues. For me, really, the, the, the difficulty that I think the president faces is that um, the report, uh, and, and, and really by not even taking a legalistic posture, we know there's precedent as to what does the report of the PP represent. So sometimes, uh, rightly or wrongly, I find the debate that <coughs> questions or tries to not comply uh, a little bit ironic in the sense that uh, you know, uh, we know the previous president, uh, when there was an issue as to what do recommendations mean, that was taken to court and the court processes were quite clear as to that Chapter 9 institution, once it issues a report, what does that mean? Which means that as the first citizen, um, I think I would have thought that the president would then be aware or ask the legal uh, advisors that are around him to 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 really uh, uh, guide him in and around how does he comply with a report? Um, I know people are arguing in terms of no, how does he um, uh, implement a report that is sent for a review? But we know that the court process also pronounced on that as to a review does not mean it's been interdicted, meaning that in the short term the 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 the, the report should be implemented, which means that really I would have thought that, for instance, in the case of Minister Praveen, the, the report spoke about um, consequence management, meaning that uh, there were recommendation of the things that must happen for him to be reprimanded. So to, to show that he complied with that, those could have been the things that, not unless Minister Pravin had applied for an interdict, not because a review was natural in, in reviewing, but in the, once you apply for a review, I think that it still meant that unless the report was, was interdicted, it still needed to be implemented. So that is my dilemma in that sense. So for me, I think for the, as the first citizen, the, I would have looked at, upon him to, to comply fully other than this up and down, even though in many cases I do support him. But in this case, I do think that um, uh, 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 there shouldn't be gray areas in and around what does the PP's report mean, because there's clear precedent before. Thank you for that important. Let me get to Nati. Uh, what's your take? Because 
clearly uh, the president is caught up in a, it's almost like a catch 22 situation. We know he's very fond of the minister because the minister is a, is a doer. The minister um, has created a very good precedent insofar as delivering is concerned. However, that kind of perception could potentially harm when, 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 when he is forced to act against the one that he trusts most. And that's the reason why, you know, there's this lingering. Uh, what's your take on that? Well, maybe, you know, what would be helpful to the president is maybe Minister Gordon saying to the president that he must take leave until the matter is resolved. I think that would help the president in a big way because then it absolves the president having to take that kind of action against him in that manner if uh, he takes leave and until the matter is resolved. I also think that the president felt for or fell for the EFF politics. Um, this matter was already before the public protector when the president appointed cabinet. And um, I, I think the president could have awaited in this regard um, until the matter is clear so that once you appoint the minister in such an important portfolio that has to do with these SOEs and lots of them are in trouble, at least some key ones are in trouble, you would then have the political stability that you want over these SOCs. So in my view, I think he might have, the the the, the EFF were, were trying to pull him and in his way of trying to extricate himself from the pulling, instead of falling on this right, on, on the western side of or on the left side of the ditch, he fell on the right side of the in the ditch, so I think that's that's what has happened. But could you blame him though? Uh, let me just get um, um, Eric's thought here. Uh, Eric, uh, <laughs> welcome, Eric. How, how are you, Nimrod? Hey, Justice Nati. Thank you very much. Thank Look, you. I mean, we, we know the politics behind um, the investigation, yeah. but the reality is that Chapter Nine institutions are independent, yeah. and the recommendations are therefore something that the president has no choice but to apply, yeah. as it were. Um, uh, be, be, you know, be that as it may, from where you're sitting, uh, what kind of, if you were a president's advice, let me put it that way, mm. what kind of advice would you give him, um, you know, in, 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 in a context of creating stability, uh, and, and relieving him to do what he's supposed to do? Because these issues, they take time, they take you away from the strategic things that you ought to be, you know, focusing yeah, on. on. Yeah. Yeah, to me, I, th- I think this uh, is, is a, 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 an example of, of, of the battle between the factions um, continuing and actually continuing through the institutions, the very, as, as Justice said, ironically, that were used uh, to, to actually find uh, the state capture um, that, that led to, you know, Zuma's ultimate uh, necessity to appear in court and the very same tools are being used to bring down or to attack the two champions of anti-corruption, namely the President and uh, uh, Pravin Gordon. So, <coughs> in essence, uh, I think I've mentioned to you before, if you look at the, the, the order in which events came to the public protector and the seriousness in the public domain, the extent of, of state capture and looting of the state. And here you have the president, okay, giving a, a wrong account to parliament. Sure, it must be investigated, but it's top of the public protector's list. I think it's, it's no 
secret that, you know, the public protector appears to be using her position, in fact, abusing her position, to target those very champions of anti-corruption. So to my mind, this battle is going on through the courts and through the legal process. And the biggest winners at the moment is the legal profession because they're legal advisors on both sides. And Pravin's and Cyril's uh, legal advisors are telling him that you can now interdict. The uh, Pravin is applying for an interdict against the president to stop him from disciplining him pending the review. So, you know, Cyril's got a choice, really, uh, one of his top guys who's trying to clean up the state-owned companies is, you know, you say he should be put, aw- put aside uh, pending the review. You know, you're falling for a trap on which the, the anti-faction, the state capture faction, is, is actually trying to disrupt what the president's agenda is. So to my mind, it's a very fine line where these institutions are being abused and due process is being abused for political ends. You can't separate the two issues. Well, I hear you, but maybe just maybe to, to throw in a, a view. Um, what do you make of the independence of Chapter 9 institution? You know, um, because when, when they are making pronouncements on the basis of their legal framework, uh, which is supposedly meant to be independent, uh, um, where do you draw the line, uh, Unati? Uh, before, you know, you know, for me, the, the irony, and maybe that's what Mr. Ndaa was saying, is that that's what Jacob Zuma was saying with the previous public protect, that this is a political witch hunt and that there's no substance to this thing. Even though in the end it turned out that there's actually substance to the matter. And there's a view that says also this public protector, this is a political witch hunt. And, and, and I mean the precedence. So we not, we don't learn basically. Yes, but the, <laughs> but the, the, but, but in my view, even if there's proof or there's ideas that this is a political witch hunt, it doesn't mean that something was not done or something wrong did not happen. And I think maybe that's what we should focus on. And that's what the public protector should focus on. The, the question is, did the minister approve Mr. Pillay's, Mr. Ivan Pillay's um, Pe- uh, pension. pension correctly or incorrectly? Mm. And that's the question we want to, to answer, or that's yeah. a question that must be answered. What the political ramifications are, that's not for the public protector to deal with. If um, state institutions are used within the legal framework, I don't think there's much we can do. Mm. The, the, the well, difficulty I- is when you try to argue that or the difficulties when these discussions are used when there's no basis for them to be used. And I think that's what, that's where we should be worried. But I think in, in the normal happenings of, 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 of governance is, and some, if something can be proved that the minister did wrong, then, then, then the minister must, must account. And, and for me, that's the most important thing because if then the minister didn't do anything wrong, then, then there must be ramifications for that also. Okay. Yeah. Eric, you, you want to raise you know, the history of this particular inquiry? Uh, uh, it goes really since Busisi uh, took office to to try to bring down Pravin Gordon, to try and bring down who was then uh, at that time the Minister of Finance, a guy who was not going along with the nuclear deal, the total Zoom agenda. You know, uh, uh, there's another review of uh, Busisiwe's fitness for office which is going on simultaneously at the same time. Now, Cyril being 
a champion negotiator and strategist. He's no doubt behind the scenes, and I've said so before on this program, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, to try to establish, you know, which, whether in fact that investigation, which, which investigation takes priority. I, I've got no doubt in my mind there's a war on the go, and, and it's really Busisiwe versus Cyril, essentially. Busisiwe as a tool of the opposing faction, there's no doubt. I think in a, in a, in a final analysis, I'm not sure, Ndaba, you want to come in quickly? Then? Yeah, I think uh, perhaps what, what my sentiments are in and around my colleagues' uh, 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 take, really, is that, you know, the issue with institutions, Chapter 9 or otherwise, is that there would be many a times that in certain periods you do not necessarily like the people that are holding positions in those institutions but the problem with us falling into the trap of I- insinuations because a lot of the accusations are in and around you know why did she take this uh, investigation first other than that but we might know that in the background but the fact of the matter is that if if the, there has been a complaint you know, she has no, because remember, many of the institutions operate within a certain legal framework. Now, in this particular case, the complaint is lodged by EFF people. Obviously, behind their intentions is politicking. But the fact of the matter is that they have registered a complaint, right? Now, as an institution, she cannot uh, ignore that complaint, you see. Uh, if in this case, meaning that she was obliged to then investigate and look into that one as a matter of fact that, yes, the EFF could be that themselves they're using the institutions. Obviously, all institutions would, we know in the, in the, in the U.S., the state attorney's office and so on and so forth is similarly. As long as when she applies and investigates and looks into the, and then issues the report, she, she does so within the parameters of the law, there's not much we can do. We can insinuate a lot that we can, in fact, if anything, the, the recourse that we have is for, for other people that are opposing what she has done, to also follow processes of the law in, in challenging her or, or whatever. But in the meantime, I think the point that you asked me in the beginning was to, what then? Because the law is clear to say once she has issued a report, we should not be dilly-dallying about as to what does the report, the report represent. But here's something that, um, before we're going to take a break in a second, but here's something that South Africans ought to be obsessing about, um, and which this current administration has put it as a priority. We have a, a, a economy that is ailing. That is an absolute priority. Uh, unemployment is hovering in a double digit. Um, the debt, the debt of the country, it, it, it's, it's around about 55% that has not checked. Uh, those are the, those are the critical issues that the leadership needs to be concerned about. The, the state-owned enterprises, all of them. Are, are, are literally bankrupt, so to, you know, to say the least. You know, <laughs> I think we need to get to a point where we elevate substantial issues which are in the best interest of South Africans as a whole. Because I, I, I really battle 
you know, because these are narrow, these are politics that are very narrowly defined. Because in their nature, they do not serve the best interest of the country from an economic emancipation point of view. We cannot prolong an economy that has such huge potential growing at, at, at less than 2%. That should be the focus. And the downside of these kind of issues with the president is that whether he likes it or not, he's drawn into these issues and he spends less time on what he needs to be spending on. Let's take a break. We'll come back next time. He's yeah. distracted. This is Beyond Governance with Dr. Nimrod Dembele on 101.9 High FM. Welcome back. It is now half past six and we've joined in studio by Justice Ndaba, who is an executive director at uh, Knowledge Group responsible for finance. Uh, and we're also joined by Eric Stillerman, who is the CEO of London Business SA, as well as Nat Growth. And last but not least, we have uh, Unati Mtoninzi, who is the ethics uh, guru, I might add. Uh, and before we went to the break, the issue at hand was the 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 the, the debacle between the public protector as well as private Godan, uh, and in terms of what it means for the president uh, and and the conversation, colleagues were obviously in their views, and and in my parting shot before we went to the break was 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 the fact that the, the you know there are noises obviously, uh, but we should not lose sight of the bigger picture. The country is burning, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, unemployment is is at its highest. We have civil, we have we have service delivery protests daily. Inflation is high, you know. All these economic issues, which have bearing on 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 everyone's life, ought to be issues that are accentuated to the top. And 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 I I cannot find it in 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 my in my in my head, the obsession with issues that which don't necessarily add value. You know, to the greater, you know, you know, to, to, to transformation of the economy or putting the economy, uh, or moving that needle to a point where we create sufficient jobs. You know, that's my view. Uh, yeah. And I hope South Africans at some point will, will, will move towards that because ultimately this kind of conversation doesn't really address the bottom line. That's a million dollars. Does it really address the bottom line? The, the answer, the, the, the answer is very simple. No. The, the 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 issue really many many are times which I think um, after May eight it appears when everybody was making speeches it 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 looked like we we were now on a path of collaboration cooperation and so on. Now the the question that you pose the problem with it is that until such time that there is unif- uniformity of agenda. That issue that you're talking about is still contested terrain because people want to place on the table. So whether or not we are willing or serial is this, until such time that we have uniformity of agenda, we, we, we really would still be contesting because people would be contesting to say we can do that better or why not us and so on and so forth. So what we see now is the ramifications of, for instance, the battles between factions within the ANC. Therefore, people, either others are uh, fighting for their political lives and other. That is why you saw recently what was coming through was that, no, 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 we are fighting for the defense of the ANC because we see resolutions of the ANCs not being implemented because there's that faction now. That says, no, we are worried about monopoly capital that is influencing the agenda of the ANC. So there's, there's competition for terrain. So 
unless such time that the leadership, because it's a leadership question, because the show is about ethics and leadership, it becomes a leadership question to us to say, those that lead us, why could they not sit around and develop and come to uniformity of national five key points let's have and a consensus and, that and, and never have confense, consensus and still leave space for te- for competitive terrain i think it's a question of leadership i agree it's a question of leadership and i think that it's also a question of um, this ongoing battle between the factions which is really around you know you're forgetting Nimrod that one of the central priorities is to root out corruption and state capture and to rebuild the state in the aftermath of state capture on the other hand the the state capture faction is determined to neutralize that game is so, so this is this is just a piece of the war that's going on and while that war is going on the president is faced with a leadership challenge where nobody's sitting around the table and saying we all agree. Because even from the ANC Congress we saw it was a very narrow victory for, for, for Cyril, 50.1% or whatever. So he's trying to pursue a national agenda with the priorities you're talking about, not only economy but education, healthcare, everything else. And this noise is interfering and distracting him. So his leadership competence and savvy will be how does he manage this process and how would you ask how would you advise the guy if he decides along the lines of what Justice and Anati are saying that you must follow due process then he must do what what he did with the Bosasa inquiry with the donation to the ANC give the public protector all the, the information she requires maybe Maybe what he should do to lessen the noise and comply with due process. What is the disciplinary? What is what is the uh, remedial action that the the, the public? Pret- well, him. she, as far as I read, she wants him to uh, the president to to issue some kind of a disciplinary warning or or a note to say you know it looks on the evidence that this was wrongfully done or it wasn't. I think the president has taken a view of that report and has said it wasn't wrong. And that's why they're taking it on review. But you need to put that in the dump. And in fact, I don't think the president has been communicating it. it it's maybe not part of his leadership style that he's not allowing this game to be played out in the public domain. But while that is happening... The agenda of the country is being disrupted by the noise you're talking about. These are the things we're talking about when we should be talking about all the real issues. Well, talking about the real issues, let's quickly check because we run out of time. Let's 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 go and, and look at the commission of inquiry into PIC because yes, that's yes, real yes. issues. We're talking in uh, uh, asset management that manages uh, asset over you know 2.5 trillion rands, uh, and of which uh, there's a lot of stake in terms of uh, pension funds, <coughs> of which most of them belongs to to, to, to government. Yep. We're talking about 1.2 sure. million of South Africans who have invested, uh, and once you rackle that cage, you know because um, you, you're more likely to 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 do more harm. Mm-hmm. But let's look at um, you know the the, the PIC. As a strategic investment arm of state, uh, financial way it is. Yes, we know that uh, Delma Chila is now have assumed the podium in terms of you know testimony, and and I want to hear your views in terms of what came through on the first and second day. I've got my own reservations, but but I'm gonna allow you to to air your views firstly in terms of um, the kinds of allegations level against him. Um, do they have merit? 
all do not have merit. Let me start with, with Onati. I think it's difficult to, to tell whether they, at this stage, whether they have merits or not. Um, if you were to listen to him, not having heard anything before, he comes out as somebody who understands and is clear and is articulate and all these things. But I know many people who do that, but they're still guilty. So at this stage, for me, it's a bit um, difficult to tell, you know, whether he's, he, this is not just a show thing rather than him coming out openly and telling the truth. He had some nice statistics about the successes of the PIC yes. and many other things. But I didn't hear a lot of direct response to some of the allegations that were leveled against him. He made some generic points about disruption with uh, cabinet reshuffles, and which we all agree. I mean, there's no dispute about that. So I think for me, I reserve my judgment on him. But I think the problem we have as a as a as a country is we tend to rely on rules to enforce ethics, and unfortunately, that doesn't work. And and because clever people like Mr. or Dr. Majila can find ways around the rules to do what they want to do. And it's clear that if you are your technologies, you need 4.3 billion investment and you have a PIC board that has been captured, that's the easiest way to get money. I mean, I was listening to some of the evidence that was presented by Jabum Legedi, for instance where he says, yes, the money was given, but we gave it back. The issue is not whether they gave the money back. The issue is, was there an unfair advantage that they have to access the money in the first place? So, for me, I, I, I agree on the importance of the PIC, and, and, and I agree on, on, on how it is important to ensure that the governance issues around the PIC are right. Unfortunately, the act that establishes the PIC... I mean, that act doesn't even tell who should appoint the CEO. All it does is it gives the minister some duties, and then it gives the board the overall duties on how the PAC functions. But 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 here's something that perhaps maybe Justice or um, Eric can, can, can come in here. <coughs> so far, we have not seen, or at least as far as I'm concerned, seen or heard, the board um, uh, board of the PIC being called upon to testify or to come to provide some kind of evidence. Um from a governance point of view, <coughs> the rot cannot happen uh, when the board is present. You know, the board of any entities, let alone of that PSC, uh, is ultimately accountable. You know, so so for for these things to happen, um, you know, the board has to has to has got some serious accounting to do. But again, let's look at some of the findings that happened, which perhaps maybe could. Could could exonerate the board. Uh, for an example, there were about two or three investigations that took place. Um, you know, uh, uh, around his life, lifestyle audit, um, which did not find anything untoward, and the PSC has never been characterized by malgovernance or corruption. When you look at the you know audit reports that that was done, uh, and so on and so forth. So so there is some level of of integrity from his leadership and management style in that uh, um, there's nothing that prove at least at the at, at the surface that there's been that there's been you know shenanigans taking place you know so those are two issues that I want us to talk about firstly 
the role of the board because we can't bring the CEO to account on issues that the board ought to have known about. And secondly, what we make of this kind of inquiry which exonerated him, which, by the way, was sanctioned by the board. Um, should I respond? Yeah, yeah. Um, look, I'm going to touch on the two issues around the board, around the shareholder, around the executive, right, of what I know. In terms of, if you look at the facts, we know that uh, historically, the PSC has been a very stable organization, right? Uh, but we know that in t- in 2017, in and around May, June, when um, I think Minister Gikaba came on board, if you trace the, the current destabilization, tracks back to that period. Because as soon as that happened, um, he was the new finance minister, um, there was a change in terms of because in the act, um, the the deputy minister of finance becomes the the chairperson the chairperson of the board uh, in 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 terms of that. So what then happened is that um, immediately when that happened, there was posture even by the executives. If you look at what occurred in terms of destabilization, because I've seen a lot of um, soon thereafter from about August. September, a lot of people within the PIC executives that I know started getting suspensions as well, you know. Um, guys that you you know over a period, uh, there was quite a, a stability within the PIC. So 2017, up to about December, there was that anyway within the the, the executive. Then the board also changed, if you remember. Uh, Dr. Mkwanazi was brought on board as well as the dep- as the deputy chair as well. And as soon as that happens, that's when also the investigations into Dr. Majila started, if you if you recall. And 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 then other board members started also later on resigning en masse or th- writing to the minister to then say, look, we we are offering to resign en masse as a board given the altercations that were there. Lo and behold, let's not forget as well that um, the VBS saga also started because then the VBS saga uh, destabilized the PIC in the sense that there were two representatives of, this P- of the PIC that were sitting on VBS. Two of them are being accused, including uh, the third one, Dr. Majila, now of having obtained loans without authority from the P- PIC which is what the letter of uh, General Holomisa is about, to say these guys um, uh, obtained loans. The other two we know for sure they did, uh, given the evidence that we are yet to see um, either confirmation from the VBS or PIC confirming the loan for Dr. Majida. So in essence, uh, there has been that history in the PIC, but I agree with my colleague that you know, you cannot tell from the the current hearing, or uh, 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 let's not exonerate Dr. Majila as well. We know he has he's come he's being accused also personally of uh, giving uh, uh, favors to to to, to in, for his personal relationships to to the to the so-called girlfriend and so on and so forth. So until that is tested as well, I, I wouldn't say that we will fully exonerate him. The fact of the matter is that um, 
we went in and the, the most stable of institutions was disrupted. Nimrod, uh, Mayor? Uh, yeah, Baal, Baal, Baal. I think I agree with, with my colleagues here. It's, it's a little bit early to say we need to look at the facts and, and what's going to be tested. I think I'll just add one uh, kind of bit of background to this discussion. In the two trillion rand approximately of government pension funds that the PRC manages, most of it, 90% of it, is invested with professional fund managers, the Alan Grays, the Coronations, the Stanlibs, and I think their results showed that their return on investment was an acceptable 8% over the last year when other fund managers were actually losing money. So from a performance point of view overall, they kind of still showed adequate and acceptable performance. Where the, 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 the potential corruption took place is approximately the 10% of the 2 trillion, which is 200 billion rand, okay? It's an enormous amount of money, mm. is, was set aside in what they call the EC Buyer Fund, which was supposed to be a private sector and developmental investment, what to say, there's this two trillion, let's set aside 10% for developmental purposes mm-hmm. and put it into black business, uh, community, banking, all sorts of new ventures that normally would not satisfy the normal board level governance procedures in terms of acceptable return on investment. That space created a kind of uh, hidden slush fund in a way where people potentially could abuse it to give it to their friends and give it to communities and VCB is the case in point and give it to girlfriends. So that's what the investigation is about. One of the, I'll just add one point and that is, you know, I believe that Dr. Michilla said that the deputy minister of finance should not be the chair of PRC. Now, I, I don't know who he thinks, you know, what, from a strict theoretical governance point of view, the shareholder mm. is the shareholder entitled to appoint a Whoever chair. They want. You know, they're a hundred, they're not really a hundred percent ownership because the government employs pension fund. It's their funds, in fact. And I think one needs to look at the composition of the board to say, should the head of the government employees pension fund maybe have been the chair? But Minister of Finance had to be represented somewhere. So it's going to be very interesting. I think it is early mm. to, to call it. Yeah, look, you want to come in, Unati? Yeah, I, I think from, from a governance perspective, I think the board, uh, something went wrong mm. with the board. And, and I think that those who were in the board who should have really taken ownership and, and taken responsibility about that. Um, I don't think the issue is whether the minister, because I agree, the, the government is the shareholder of the of the. Because I think we must also make a distinction between the shareholder of the PIC mm. and the actual investments, investments and the actual the actual fund. people who own or whose money is being invested. Mm-hmm. Because sure. it's not public money per se. Mm-hmm. So 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 the issue is not the authority. The issue is how is that authority being used? Sure. So. If the if if and and in my view, if the deputy minister is not 
competent to do the work, then the deputy minister shouldn't be the chair of the board. I don't think it was a question of competence. I think no, 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 I'm just saying. Because remember, <laughs> yeah. deputy ministers and ministers are appointed for other reasons. Mm. Yeah. So if that's the case, then it, it shouldn't be an automatic thing. Mm. Look, I mean, and I, I mean, we had, sorry, we had this, the, the, the latest, the, the, the last deputy minister that was made, the chairperson of the board, didn't make the next cabinet. Mm, true. Uh, you know, so, so the, the point I'm trying to make is to your earlier point of the point. importance of ensuring that the right people mm. sit I mean, in the, the board, board because mm. the act empowers the board to run mm. even mm. the operations of mm. the PIC. Mm. So the board really, the, to your point, the buck stops with the board. You know, this is something yeah. that this, this is something that most people miss. You know, and and I hear, look, break the CEO, um, you know, uh, all you like. Um, I I do not see any justification whatsoever uh, when issues, you know, because if you've been entrusted with governance, you have that um, oversight responsibility, you know, which also includes the duty to care. You know, and put in the best interest of the company first. Mm. And which also implies that you have rigorous control environment that you put in place so that um, any form of deviation can be stopped, you know, and, and nothing happens. So, so, mm. so at this point, I, it's quite, I, I don't get it, get a sense that the, 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 the board has, has got any role to play in this kind of shenanigans because if there's been any discrepancies, you making you made reference to Isibaya Fund. Mm-hmm. Surely there ought to have been some kind of controls at the board level. There are board subcommittees that looks at these these kinds of issues. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I think you know when it comes to public uh, listed company Johannesburg Stock Exchange Investment, the level of expertise that people need is just to be able to read the newspapers and see which shares are going up and which funds are going up and which are, are going down. You don't need to be a fundi. Okay, in investment. When it comes to private sector investment, which was happening through the EC Buyer Fund, you need very highly skilled financial people. And I think that probably that failure would be the level of expertise or maybe capture no, of no, people no, 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 saying, no. you know, IO Technologies. How did that four billion? I mean, yeah. there, there were whole political motivations about behind the team that were behind uh, the media and and uh, you know the interests of the uh, Iqbal survey and and you know that, that that whole hype that was created and then it was returned mm. so it was it was kind of either politically a blind spot or competence wise a blind spot look the point is let, let's not forget and in fact in 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 in, in contrary to what you're saying mm-hmm. the PIC has a history of very competent boards mm-hmm. okay it's it's there and 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 if you look at the the historical boards had been very highly qualified people people that are held in high uh, regard in the financial okay. uh, uh, sector mm-hmm. right the point i was making was the destabilization that happened from 2017 mm-hmm. because the board that you are talking about from 2017 we know that it was disrupted in the sense that for those from shareholder in fact even minister pradin pravin because he later succeeded um, minister kikaba and the, one of the first things that he did that i didn't like myself was to write to the board to to erode a a a, a bonus scheme of executives i mean 
a policy of, of, of remuneration is, is, is approved for, for a year for the board to implement. If you write it to, as a shareholder, like Minister Pravin did, <coughs> he, he clearly interfered as well. So even himself interfered with the board. They're meaning that the board could not do its, its duty of remunerating executives in that year. The point that I was making was that here we had the political interference in the functioning of the board. Therefore, the board could not do its duty and ended up being disrupted to the extent that many of them were, 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 were threatening to leave. In fact, some left. You know, the, that's the point. So the point of the matter is that, uh, and also the incoming board members also started coming with their own uh, projects that they wanted funding. Mm. Therefore, the processes <laughs> of funding was disrupted, disrupted in mm-hmm. itself. So what happens is that while we know that the PIC was a well-functioning uh, uh, institution, now like all the other institutions that were disrupted, Suddenly, even this one, the process okay. came in which said, look, we're going to disrupt you and we're going to make sure you find the projects that we want. Yeah. Look, I mean, it, it's, uh, I think naturally we, we cannot escape the fact that um, PIC, um, uh, you know, it's a lucrative entity. Sure. Everybody, a lot of vested interest. The biggest game in town. You know, there are a lot of interest. 1.8 trillion. You know, oh, and, 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 and issues of, of ethics, you know. Um, I mean, I like the point that uh, Unati pointed out earlier, that the rules are there, mm. but however, you can't use rules to, you know, to apply ethics because ethics um, ought to be something that, that, that goes beyond the rules. It's something that you uphold dearly. Yeah, it's something that sits with you. You know, but but when it comes to application, something else. Mm. Uh, we've got an SMS on the line from really Peter. Good. Let me look at it. Uh, it says here, while on the subject of ethics, we have Bruce uh, Kolani, who is now admitting that he has abused his office uh, in the Waterkloof uh, uh, Gupta Gate saga, and yet he's still an ambassador. When will the president do something about uh, do something or say something about this? Uh, what does it say about his? Uh, what what does it say about the president's ethics? Uh, how can you allow this man? Uh, to become a, to 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 be an, an ambassador, I think he's got a good point. Mm. If you've already admitted that you you know you you you, you made a big boo boo, yeah. so there has to be consequences. Perhaps maybe Peter, uh, the well, president, he, he's only admitted today, and uh, <laughs> but, uh, to an extent that remember before today in his statement, remember in 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 the way that in his affidavit he stated something different. So when he was cross questioned today. He, 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 he retracted. retracted, and therefore, the president, until such time that someone gives the president a report, there's not much he can do. But the fact of the matter, it just points to the, to the, uh, he, I think his admission that I listened to, he says, look, I used the, the president, the previous president's name to get these guys to, 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 to fast track the application. So, he even exonerated uh, President Zuma. Which, which is quite, Strange, very strange. I still don't understand what's the re- relationship between Mr. Kolwan and the Guptas. I still can't put them together on his own statements, by the way. But the point I wanted to make is that in the terms of reference for the PIC Commission, the president suggested that the period for consideration starts on the 1st of January 2015. Oh. Which would then be the period before Minister Gigaba. Mm-mm. It came 2017. Yes, Mm-mm. but the period for consideration by the commission starts in 2015. Mm. In other words, certainly on the motivation of why you have the commission includes a period when Minister Gigaba was not there. Mm. 
So, so that's why I'm saying for me, it's a, it's, it's, maybe go back to Eric's point. This also falls into the same differences about factions within the ANC. Mm. And the truth might actually be that a section of, not just by voting purposes, because it's one thing to go to an ANC conference, instead of preferring Nimrod, I prefer Eric. It's one thing. Mm. But it's another thing when people show no vote of confidence in the person that has since been elected. Because I think that's what's <laughs> effectively happening here. Yeah, sure. Is that there are people within the ANC mm. or within government who think, who not only didn't prefer him as a candidate, mm. but who are plotting using state uh, resources. Uh, resources, believing that they have a case against him. Mm. Because it doesn't help if they don't believe they have a case against him. They believe that they have a case against the president and many of the people that are with him. And, and continue to undermine him. And continue to, to exactly. do so. And in my view, that is worrying for the president. And for the Be- country. And for the country, sure. And, and the question is, when will that stop? And my view is, these people do not respect him as a leader. Mm. These people do not attach any level of integrity to the president. And in my view, whether it's PIC, whether it's Zondo Commission, and whether it's, it's, it's public protector, there's going to be another one. And my view, I take Mr. Malema's point. He might actually not finish the term, the president. Well, <laughs> only time will tell. Just these 30 seconds as we're wrapping up as well. as um, comes back to leadership issue. And in fact, not just the individual president, but I think uh, we have a v- leadership void across the sectors, across the opposition, across the, 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 the governing party. Until such time we realize that and address it, it's going to be difficult to lead this nation. You often said he's a critical, um, he's, he's a skillful negotiator. Um, what's your take? On, yeah, on no, no, I, th- I think that, you know, the opposing faction are defending their territory. It's not about personal lack of confidence in Cyril. They're defending, they're looting their resources. They don't want to go to jail. They don't want to lose their money. And and the question is, which faction is really coming out? And I, I still got confidence in Cyril mm. that he's managing it quietly in a very diplomatic, skillful way. I still think he's on the ascendancy. But I want to tell you something in parting, and the audience of High FM will know this very well. There's an exodus of money and skills from this country of people who believe that the level of confidence that this is going to turn out well is not good. So the president needs to step up leadership-wise mm. if he wants to really build the coin and and have the the, the guts to to be the leader. Sure. Time's arrived. My point exactly. Unfortunately, you're going to have to leave it there, colleagues. We are, uh, we have run out of time. Thank you very much for coming through. Well, we uh, there you are. We had that. That is, we had a uh, justice in Daba. We have Justice Ndaba from uh, Knowledge Anchors as well as Eric Stillerman and of course Onati uh, Mtononchi uh, who is an ethic officer. The, the real debate tonight was really about the, 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 the unraveling state capture uh, more broadly but in particular with, with within PIC. The, you know, we haven't really, you know, finish the process. We still have to find the outcome of the PSC processes. Uh, perhaps maybe during the week or ne- in the next week to come, we'll get a sense as to what the final verdict is. But the bottom line is that the country requires leadership. The president needs to step up as Eric has currently pointed out so that we, we're able to take this country forward. Until we meet again, it has been a good one. Thanks. <laughs>